WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Wednesday, May 17th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Plenty of sunshine today. Another beauty, not as warm, but still nice. High 66. Tonight, overnight, low 46. Good sleeping weather. And then Thursday, we'll have sort of a repeat sunshine. A little bit cooler. High 62. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 62 and clear in Cold Spring Harbor out on Long Island. 61 and clear in Pennington, New Jersey. And it's 63 and partly cloudy here in Midtown. Working our way up to the 6 o'clock hour, getting you everything you need to know so you're on top of your day as you head out to whatever you might be doing at the 5 o'clock hour. Last night, I was up late with my 19-year-old who is leaving this morning on a 10-day trip to Israel. So he was uh, packing his bags. He had a friend who he's flying with, staying over our house. I'm sure they were up to all hours last night. Uh, I think they were up when I left for work this morning. But what I thought was interesting, I bet you don't know this. Uh, this is really interesting. He is going on this 10-day trip to Israel, and I am not paying a penny for it. It is a group. It's called Birthright. And uh, if you – this is the only thing you have to be. You have to just be born Jewish to get this program, right? So you you could have zero affiliation with a synagogue, zero affiliation with Judaism whatsoever. But if you are born Jewish, you automatically get this program for free. And you can do it any time between the time you're 18 and 36 years old. So he's leaving on this 10-day tour. I mean, everything's paid for hotels, meals. I mean, the itinerary is fantastic. He's going to like every possible tourist site you can go to. They're going on hikes. They're going in the Dead Sea. They're going to Jerusalem, Tel Aviv. I am not paying a penny for it. I mean, I threw him some spending money, but I'm not paying for it. And and if and it, it seems sort of unfair, but someone's paying for it. If you're bored Jewish, you get this program. And I'm not talking just about the U.S. This is all over the world. So uh, what is there, 10 million Jews in the world? I don't know how many of them gone on this program. It started when I was I was able to go on the program. So it started back when I was a kid. Now going forward, you know, it's a long time ago, uh, that people are still going on. So my kid, who's been there a lot of times because my parents live there, is um, he's now going uh, on the program himself, 10 days, with some of his friends from uh, the university he goes to, completely paid for. So are you... Maybe now you're thinking about converting, <laughs> at least for two weeks. Uh, all right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Oh, by the way, it's the Bronfman family that pays for this. They own Seagram's. You're wondering, where's the money coming from? I think at least it's the Bronfman family that pays for it for years. And Shelly Adelston, Adelstone, Adelston, who uh, was the casino mogul, I think he also threw lots of money towards this program. And so that's who pays for it. All right, now let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. All right. There is a desperate search on for two Harlem boys who have gone missing. The migrant mess being felt all across New York now. A shark patrol is up and running on Long Island. It is sentencing day for the Hudson Bike Path terrorist. 
and Target may want to rethink its return policy. All right, let's uh, jump into it. 504 NYPD desperate search for two boys who've been missing from Harlem since Friday. Let's get the latest now on that from WABC's Alex Barnard, who joins us live. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. And yes, that's right. Fatima Diallo's little brother, 11-year-old Alpha Barry, never came home after school on Friday. Honestly, I don't know what to think right now. This is my baby brother. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This has never happened before. This is something that is shocking to everyone. They're they're little kids. They're missing. We just need help to find these kids. That's her speaking to ABC7. Manhattan North Commanding Officer Wells Stevenson says Barry was reported missing on Monday and 13-year-old Garrett Warren was reported missing on Mother's Day. Investigators have been working around the clock on this case. And they will continue until these boys are found. If anyone heard anything from your neighbors, from your children, if you have any information about the whereabouts, regardless of how inconsequential you might think it is, call 911 or Crime Stopper. Deputy Chief Brian Gill says the boys were last seen at a playground on 145th Street and Lenox Avenue. Obviously the water's right here. They're young children. We're going to take every precaution. We have state-of-the-art equipment for helicopters. We have a harbor unit, and we're going to use all our assets. The search taking a grim turn as police scoured the depths of the Harlem River for the boys on Tuesday. Authorities say the boys go to different schools, and it's not clear how they know each other, but they were last seen at a play at the playground on 145th Street and Lenox Avenue. Investigators are talking to their classmates and schools, urging anyone with information to come forward. So why were they searching for them in the water? They Were there pictures of them, of them near that, or just a thought that they might be there? Apparently that there was a call placed to 911 on Friday night that there were two boys in the Harlem River um, originally, which led to a massive search Friday night. And now they're just searching again because, I mean, it's been a couple days. They, you know, they don't know where they are. Hmm, All right. WABC's uh, Alex Barnard. We'll keep our fingers crossed for them. Thank you very much. 5.06 last night, just ahead of the formal sentencing of Sefalo Saipov in the uh, West Side Bike Path terror attack. Survivors and victims' families returning to the scene of that heinous crime. They were wearing uh, matching T-shirts. Families, including many who traveled in from Argentina and Belgium, walked on the bike path along the West Side Highway near Pier 40 last night. Eight people were killed at least a dozen injured in this attack some of those injuries uh, injuries rather were severe brain injuries people who were in the hospital for months on end every day that i was in court my heart was just breaking more and more just to hear what it was like for people to lose the ones that they loved Yet these victims have become close like a family over the years since the attack in 2017 last night, placing flowers along where that truck attack took place. I was trying to make a little bit more visible the invisible, things that people cannot imagine. Live imprisonment, um, but of very severe conditions, uh, was, was, a right, was a right thing. It's probably the most 
in correlation with, with what we've went through. So we'll put this case to rest today. Sayapov will be sentenced to life in prison for the attack that killed eight people, injured many others, all in the name, he said, of ISIS. WABC News Time 509, the uh, city now eyeing up to 20 schools that have standalone gyms to house the migrants. We told you about this yesterday, one school in Coney Island, the first place where they were going to put these migrants in a standalone gym. So the gym is separate from the school building, but of course the gym is something the kids use. Mayor Adams says they have no choice. They need the space. This is one of the last places we want to look at. None of us are comfortable with have to t- having to take these drastic steps. Yeah, part of the problem, 65,000 migrants have come to the city so far over the last year. Just 4,200 in the last week alone. The mayor says he expects as many as 15 buses from the U.S.-Mexico border Order just this weekend. Parents of uh, students at PS 172 in Brooklyn gathering yesterday morning, raising concerns about the fact that the migrants will be housed in the school gym, even though it's a separate building. They say, wait a minute, our you know, we want our kids to have gym time. It's bringing up a really great conversations about what immigration and asylum is. We've had some really great constructive conversations within our household and also within the school. It's just the safety of the kids. We don't know what kind of men are going to be in there. And and the reason they're even so more, uh, maybe more angry than they would be even, I mean, they have good reason to be angry, is the uh, gym had actually just been rehabbed, remodeled. So they just got it back in September and they're saying, wait a minute, we got to give it away to the migrants. Uh, are they going to ruin the floors that were redone? Parents now wonder where their kids will have gym class. So do kids. I'm like really sad because they took away our prom, our our carnival, and we worked really hard for it. Right. It's essentially what an all-purpose room, more than just a gym. So the six schools in Brooklyn that are being considered for migrant housing include PS 188, Coney Island, PS 172. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sunset Park, PS 189, Crown Heights, as well as three other schools that are all in Williamsburg. We were really scared because we were like, well, we don't know these people and we're scared. And even though we know we have protection, like it's still kind of weird. The students work really hard and we need a break with outside time, recess and gym and things like that. The mayor continues to push the migrants, not just uh, in places that are not popular here in the city, but outside the city, Orange County, Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse. Uh, could only watch on as a couple buses showed up in Newburgh last week. But now he has um, uh, got the law on his side. He's wants to make it so you can't establish what he says it would be essentially a homeless shelter outside of the borders or inside the borders of Orange County uh, going to st- court to get an injunction to stop those buses from coming in. Uh, in Yonkers, in Westchester County, Mike Spano says he's not sure how many more migrants are going to come his way, though he's open to the fact that they're there. Anybody knows who's been dealing with uh, with Albany or New York City the last this entire weekend, it's a moving target. You know, it goes up, it goes down. 
Yeah, he's a little under hard to understand there. But Spano says 14 families with young children currently staying Ramada in there. Uh, the hotel has 100 rooms that, that accommodate new arrivals. Uh, and Mayor Adams is going to send them there. Let's see if this sounds any better. Dealing with the crisis. Okay. Anyway, so the uh, Adams administration says it's aiming to send families with children that are younger than school age. And some of these kids that are going to Yonkers will be put into Yonkers school. And out on Long Island, Riverhead, uh, the town supervisor there declaring a state of emergency yesterday in connection to the migrants or asylum seekers possibly coming to hotels or motels within that town. The town supervisor telling News 12 that Mayor Adams uh, sent out an advisory to all housing facilities in Suffolk County to accept individuals and that the city would pay for the housing. Well, she says they're not welcome in Riverhead, and she's going to just try to stop them if the buses start heading there. Uh, as you know, in Orange County, he didn't have much luck with that. Those buses got through, got to who to a hotel. A Riverhead, though, she says she's going to try to stop it before it becomes out of hand. And then you had uh, Governor Hochul calling on the federal government to expedite working permits for the migrants that are landing here. Karen Anderson Ponzer, she's the director of community law for Neighbors Link. It's the immigrant advocacy group. She says there's huge obstacles for the migrants who land here, and this would make it easier if they could get their working permits right away. There are substantial obstacles for um, asylum seekers who come to the United States. Making work permits accessible more quickly would be transformative. So here's the plan. They want the paperwork to be reduced in a waiting period to just 30 days. Usually it's a lot longer than that. So far, the federal government hasn't signed on. And while we're talking about this mess up here, that's still a mess at the U.S.-Mexico border. Experts say the discovery of an Afghani man at the border who was on a terror watch list should be an alarming sign for the nation. You just have to wonder, why here? Why did they pick this spot? What did they see that we're not seeing that they think it's vulnerable? That's Victor Manares, who's a former Border Patrol chief himself. He's uh, alarmed by the fact that they found this guy, Afghani. Uh, they've followed him, I guess, all the way to Los Angeles. He came in right before the end of Title 42. Can you imagine what we missed? Those are the things that kept me up at night. It wasn't who we arrested. It's what we missed. So I think we should be concerned because, you know, it's one person that was arrested, but what was missed? Yeah, not a good sign there. All right, 515. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Say happy Wednesday. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Well, happy Wednesday to you and a good morning as well, Noam Layden. We will start in Toronto where the Yankees, they took care of the Blue Jays for the second consecutive night, beating them 6-3 to in the second game of a four-game set. This game came complete with plenty of drama and flair. The drama coming with the foreign substance ejection of Yanks starter Domingo Herman in the fourth inning. And the flair coming later with the eighth inning heroics of A1 Aaron Judge. High fly ball, center field.
That call courtesy of the Yes Network. Herman's ejection is likely to trigger a 10-game suspension, putting the Yankees in a very tough spot for about the next two weeks. As long as they keep winning ball games, though, all will be well. They'll try to keep doing just that tonight when they go for the series win in Toronto. First pitch is set for 7.07 p.m. with Ace Garrett Cole getting the start against Toronto's Chris Bassett. Now for the Mets, who lost... Wait a second. Yeah. Isn't the story Aaron Judge being a cheater? Isn't that a big deal? That's not a story anymore, no. It's not? He's a proven not a cheater? The MLB literally came out and said he didn't do anything wrong. Plus, well, I don't plus know. Those it's not eyes cheating. were very shifty. It's, but it, it's part of the game, Noam. You want to have a full-on discussion about this? No, we don't talk All right, if the Toronto Blue Jays are going to tip their pitches, that's their problem. <laughs> not Aaron Judge's. God. I mean, all these people complaining. They know nothing about baseball. They know nothing about it. That's me, yeah. yeah. But I did see that they called him a cheater. Well, so. only anybody in, with Toronto plates is calling him a cheater. <laughs> they can stay in Canada, whatever. Now for the Mets, who lost their opener in Queens with the Tampa Bay Rays by a score of eight to five. Justin Verlander was not good on the mound, uh, plain and simple, surrendering six run or earned runs on eight hits over five innings pitched. The bat showed up with Escobar, Alonso, and Beatty all going deep, but it's hard to win in this league when you give up eight runs to the best team in baseball. They'll try and not do that again tonight in Game Two of the three-game set with Tampa. First pitch is scheduled for seven ten p.m. and it'll be Kodai Senga going up against Tampa's Josh Fleming in the NBA. The Nuggets beat the Lakers one thirty-two to one twenty. In Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals to jump out to a 1-0 series lead. The Eastern Conference Finals, Game 1, between the Heat and the Celtics, is set for 8.30 p.m. tonight in Boston. And tonight on the ice, Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final between the Panthers and Hurricanes is scheduled for 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Here with Sports on 77 WABC, I'm Justin Alec. Thank you very much, Justin. 517, traffic, transit, weather on the 7s. Here's Joe Nolan. That was so stupid yesterday, everybody calling him a cheater. We used to, When I played ball in high school, we did that. We used to try to get signs and, and pick them all and do all that stuff. Right. Part of Thank you, baseball. Joe. Very smart, very smart point, part Joe. Part of baseball. <laughs> He's not a cheater. Stop it. Just I don't know. I saw those shifty eyes. I thought it looked a little odd to me. He's yelling at his guys. He's the captain of the team. Hey. WABC News Time 519. Let's go down to D.C. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says there's still a lot of work to do to come to an agreement to raise the debt ceiling. We only have 15 days really to go. We've got to find a way that we can curve our spending, raise our debt limit, and uh, also grow our economy. McCarthy had a meeting at the White House with the president. It's not that difficult to get to an agreement. Uh, but he says they didn't come to one yesterday. The president and the speaker are the keys to the deal. I'm prepared to try to deliver as much of my conference as I can for whatever the speaker and the president can agree to. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell there, the president weighing in on it. Well, he says the meeting went pretty good, actually. We need to pass a bipartisan now, this is Chuck Schumer, though. bill with bipartisan support in both chambers. I asked Speaker McCarthy, does he agree with that? And he said yes. All right, so they're getting somewhere. Default would be the worst outcome, a horrible situation for America and America's families. We um, all came to agreement that we were going to continue discussions. Yeah, they'll probably take it to the last moment, but they say there was some progress yesterday. 521 while we're in D.C., a House Democrat pushing to expel New York Republican George Santos from Congress. We resolve that pursuant to Article 1, Section 5, Clause 2 of the Constitution of the United States, Representative George Santos be, and he hereby is, expelled from the House of Representatives. That's California Democrat Robert Garcia introducing what they called a privilege resolution on the House floor yesterday to expel Santos, who pled not guilty last week, 13 federal charges. The move 
will all probably fail because it's uh, Republicans, of course, in charge in the House. But they wanted to put it on record. Voters in his district say Santos continues to be an embarrassment to them. George Santos is a fraud and he deserves everything that's coming to him. He's to fix himself. He's mental. He's an actor. He, there, or there's a mental issue or I don't know what it is about him. But maybe he's convinced that he's innocent. Charges against Santos include allegations of fraud related to COVID unemployment benefits, misusing campaign funds, and lying about his personal financials on disclosure reports. 522 over to Dallas, Texas. One of the survivors of that shopping mall shooting near Dallas speaking out, sharing his story. He said he's doing so because he says not enough survivors speak out about how awful it is to go through one of these mass shootings. He says he remembers going into shock from all the bleeding, and that's when he says he started to pray. Anytime I'm in trouble, I call on the Lord because I knew God was the only way I'd get out of that. That's Irvin uh, Walker. The 46-year-old struggled to answer questions about the shooting that ended with eight people dead. He said he went into survival mode after being shot twice in the chest as he sat in his car. Doctors had to perform major surgery to clean up the tissue that was damaged by the bullets. Never been shot before. So it was in, um, I guess, what most people would be called shock. You know, I couldn't drive to the emergency room. My, my mindset was to let me get out and um, seek help. And Walker credits his faith for surviving on that day. The power of God just just uh, showed brightly and evil is not going to win. And the gunman taken out by police in a heroic move on that day. 523, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis defending a post on social media that shows support for the Marine, Daniel Penny, who is accused of putting a homeless man in a chokehold that led to his death on an F train. I think to be able to step in as a good Samaritan and protect people, uh, I think that that's something that uh, was the right thing to do, and I don't think he should be prosecuted. Penny facing second-degree manslaughter charges for the chokehold that was fatal earlier this month. Penny's lawyers say he acted in self-defense, alleging the victim was acting out and threatening riders. I think you have a prosecutor there that sides with the criminal element over law-abiding citizens. And when people have the the temerity to fight back against the criminal element, he goes after them. DeSantis getting some heat for tweeting out a link to Daniel Penny's legal defense fund. He says he makes no apologies. Hopefully with him raising all this money, he's going to be able to beat this case. I hope the charges are dropped, but if they're not, I think he's going to be able to win in the end. Yesterday, walking right around here, the 77 WABC studios, I'm walking down the hall and I'm like, I think that's Nikki Haley. And it was Nikki Haley, the former South Carolina governor, stopping by 77 WABC, of course, the one-time U.N. ambassador as well, talking to Katz and Cosby about her White House campaign that she hopes will get rolling soon. First of all, you know, I think that I'm not a lawyer. I'm an accountant. I think we need an accountant in the White House these days. I will tell you that I was a two-term governor that took a double-digit unemployment state and turned it into an economic powerhouse. I was at the United Nations. I didn't deal with one country. I dealt with 193. She uh, jumped into the race a number of months ago, having a hard time sort of getting some traction, right? It's all talk about mostly DeSantis and Donald Trump. But she says 
Still a lot of time to go. She um, has been on the campaign trail saying to trying to talk to as many Americans as she possibly can. This is time for a new generational leader. We've got serious problems. You know, whether you look at our debt and, and the spending, whether you look at education and the lack of transparency for parents, whether you look at crime or illegal immigration, or you look at our national security. We've got a lot of things we need to do. And so I'm in New Hampshire, Iowa, and South Carolina constantly. We're touching as many hands as we can. There's no shortcuts. She told uh, John and Rita yesterday that uh, Daniel Penny, uh, she called on, I should say, Governor Hochul to pardon Daniel Penny for the chokehold death uh, that took place now uh, two and a half weeks ago. You can hear the whole interview by heading over to WABCradio.com. The Justice Department announcing several arrests of people in the U.S. trying to send sensitive U.S. technologies to Russia and China. The arrests involve third-party companies allegedly trying to ship the high-tech parts to be used to construct weapons of war. Here's uh, prosecutors. What unifies them is the, the fact that they involve the transfer or effort to transfer sensitive technologies to our adversary. DOJ say among the arrests are two Russians conspiring to send aircraft parts to Russia and a Chinese man in California who is attempting to send sensitive submarine technology to China. The DOJ says the arrests were due to the efforts of its disruptive technology strike force. That's a pretty cool name for a strike force. Be um, extraordinarily careful when they have customers, for example, who didn't exist prior to the invasion and now pop up and are ordering lots of these items. Last week, prosecutors in my office unsealed a criminal complaint charging a Southern California resident, Lee Ming Lee. Yeah, there's some bad buzz in there, but you get the idea of the force, those uh, story, those three men in uh, custody right now. Uh, we'll find out more on these charges in the next couple of days. I'm just getting started on this Wednesday morning. So much to get to as we work our way up to the six o'clock hour and sit in friends in the morning. Two local rappers, well-known ones, by the way, busted in gun running and maybe helping out gangs. We'll get into that story as the morning wears on. The Shark Patrol up in the air on Long Island will do tell you what they're doing to protect beachgoers this summer. Have you seen the billboards outside the GWB Lincoln and Holland tunnels asking New Yorkers to move to New Jersey? We'll tell you why they're there. And a Connecticut senator talking about why he wants to maybe take down Ticketmaster or at least create competition for him. We'll get to that as well. But first, this at 5.30. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden on 77 WABC. In this fast-paced world, not everyone has 30 minutes to listen to an entire podcast. So we created the 77 WABC minicast. It's topical, it's informative, and entertaining. And it's only 10 minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The 77 WABC minicast. The facts you need in only 10 New York minutes. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. 
This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yeah, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Wednesday, May 17th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Plenty of sunshine today. High 66 tonight overnight, low 46. Thursday sunshine, high 64. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 62 in clear in Cold Spring Harbor out on Long Island, 61 in clear in Pennington, New Jersey, and it is 61 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour in Brooklyn. Two New York City rappers among nearly three dozen alleged gang members facing charges in Brooklyn. District Attorney Eric Gonzalez alleges that Michael Williams, a.k.a. Chef G, is part of the H-Ray Crips. Instead of using his fame and his fortune for the betterment of himself and his family and those close to him, we allege that he used that fame and fortune to elevate gang violence in Brooklyn. Rapper Tegan Chambers, better known as Sleepy Hollow, charged as a co-conspirator, the drill rappers allegedly engaged in a gang war triggered by a 2020 shooting that injured five rivals, killed another. 32-year-old A-Tray members are facing, or rather 32 alleged A-Tray members facing uh, 140 charges in connection to a dozen shootings and 15 other violent crimes. These were bad news, guys. The issue um, for us is why would someone of his stature um, continue to engage in this kind of violence? It is always my question as well. I mean, so many of these rappers come from really desperate situations and they get out. You know, it's sort of like winning the lottery and then to get back into it. Uh, these guys, there's tapes of them carrying guns, making threats to other gang members. Now they're in a heap of trouble. 534, tributes pouring in over the last day following the death of longtime New York City official, former city council member, former Senator Bill Perkins, a son of Harlem, died age 74. I just have so many fond memories of a person who dedicated his life on uplifting uh, people in fighting for uh, justice. He had a very balanced approach. Mayor Adams there talking about Perkins, says was a dear friend he'll miss. He says city lost a strong, committed fighter. Governor Hochul speaking out as well. Yesterday says Perkins was a fierce advocate for justice and a steadfast voice for his Harlem community. 535, let's go out to Nassau County. Some problems there. Voters are going to receive new registration cards after a major printing error. More than half a million residents received their voter identification cards, marking them as Democrats when, in fact, they were Republicans or independents. That's pretty big. We're already starting to get phone calls from people saying... I'm a registered Republican. I'm a registered conservative. How come I'm being identified as a Democrat? Who changed my registration? And they're quite upset about it. And they should be. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman says the printing company out of Rochester called Phoenix Graphics made this error on the cards, which confirm a voter's polling location. The company blamed the mistake on human error, saying Nassau County officials have nothing to do with it. Now they'll send out new ones. The voter rolls, I'm told, are accurate. These cards are inaccurate. Yes, you'll get those new cards soon out on Nassau County. A man in police custody after getting into a standoff with police at his Farmingdale, Long Island home yesterday. Officers responding to a home, Walnut Street, yesterday afternoon, blocking off streets, ordering neighbors to stay in their homes for hours. There's been like so many rumors. You know, you hear one story from one person. Next was the helicopters and... 
was just really, really concerning, especially being home with the child. No one has notified us. Um, just a lot of wonder. The man emotionally disturbed, threatening his mother, who arrived at home with police. Cops say no weapons were pulled from the house after a SWAT team negotiated with the man to come outside before he was brought into custody. The man's mother says she's been trying to get him the right mental health treatment for a long time. And while we're out on Long Island, they'll be looking for sharks again this summer. The monitoring for sharks being stepped up Long Island State Park Beach as George Gorman. He's New York's regional parks director, says it'll include 10 new drones that'll be put up in the air, deployed near bathing beaches along the South Shore, along with watercraft and helicopter looking out for sharks. We have to assure the public when they come down to state park beaches that they will be safe. And that's what we're trying to do. Last summer, there were eight drones used. The movie comes after a huge increase in shark sightings last summer. WABC Newstime 539, the TSA testing the use of facial recognition technology at a bunch of airports. Experts say the technology has come a long way when it comes to accuracy. The machines in tests that we've done are consistently as good as even trained humans and way better than you or me. Professor Alice O'Toole at the University of Texas says uh, using facial scanners has the potential to both speed up security lines, make the ID checks more accurate. I mean, you'll never eliminate errors. That's an unrealistic expectation, and it's an expectation we've never really had for humans. The, the TSA pilot program in place 16 airports. These systems are, for the most part, surprisingly accurate and often more accurate than humans. All right, so we'll see if it does speed up the uh, those lines, which can be awfully long at the TSA counters there. Down to Virginia, we have some more information on this attack that took place inside a congressman's local office in Fairfax, Virginia, on Monday, raising security concerns. This man came in with a metal bat, attacked workers at Democrat Jerry Connolly's office. Uh, He thinks that it was a mental health issue, not politically motivated. I think this is a gentleman with a long history of mental illness, and he's been engaged in bizarre and untoward behavior in the past, including violent behavior, and he decided today, for whatever reason, to descend upon us. Congressman was not there Monday when this police, uh, police say a man beat an intern with a metal bat just two hours after her first day on the job. Jeez, he then reportedly did the same to another staff member. Officers arrived within minutes, struggled with this guy, then arrested him, uh, took him away. Uh, they had gotten some sort of bizarre phone call ahead of time, but of course did not see what was coming. One of the staffers who was injured, she's an intern, and today was her first day. So imagine... Your first day in the office is it comes in with a baseball bat and beats yeah, you. Can't even imagine. Thankfully, everybody's going to be okay there. 541, let's bring it back to New Jersey. New Jersey officials continue efforts to try and stop New Jersey, uh, New York City's congestion pricing plan. New Jersey has put up billboards, maybe you've seen them, near the Lincoln Holland tunnels along with the GWB, letting drivers know that the best way to avoid New York's congestion pricing tax, which will likely be implemented next year, is by moving their families and, more importantly, their companies to the Garden State. If you're going to go ahead with this, and you got all these New York businesses in a hurt, and our, our folks won't be able to afford an extra $5,000 a year after taxes suddenly, um, why don't you just move your businesses to Jersey or stay in Jersey? That's Congressman Josh Gottheimer. He says 
he's going to try and take away federal transportation dollars from New York if they carry through with this congestion pricing plan. New Jersey drivers could find themselves soon shelling out a bridge and tunnel toll, which could be as high as 17 bucks if you don't have Easy Pass, and then another 23 bucks, which is one of the numbers being thrown around for congestion pricing, if you drive below 60th Street in Manhattan each day. So let's see, a quick 67. That could be, uh, let's see, 23 and 17. Someone help me here at 30. It's a lot of money is what it is. It doesn't help with congestion. It actually makes it worse. It makes it, it's actually bad for the environment. It'll lead to more pollution. So this is just a pure cash grab. It sure feels like that. Up to Connecticut. Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal pushing a bill that aims at preventing another Ticketmaster meltdown following last fall's Taylor Swift debacle. The Ticketmaster site crash, you might remember, last November as Taylor Swift fans rushed to buy tickets to the pop star's Eras Tour. And so instead of individual fans getting these tickets, lots of other people who were just going to resell them for a whole lot of money got their hands on these tickets. Here's uh, Richard Blumenthal. Ticketmaster ought to look in the mirror, as I've urged, and say, I'm the problem. It's me. Uh, making a little joke there. Of course, that's a song from Taylor Swift. Connecticut Senator Blumenthal says Ticketmaster has become what he calls a monopolistic mess, hurting fans, artists alike. So the Democrat wants a bill passed that would encourage more federal oversight and um, create some competition for Ticketmaster. Some Swifties, that's what Taylor Swift fans sometimes are called, paid $2,000 a ticket to see her perform next weekend at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford. 2000. You know, by the way, there is a sideline story. To, I mean, you just realize what, uh, maybe you don't have kids that are huge fans of hers, but um, if they are, it is unbelievable how desperate people are to get their hands on these tickets. But what's been happening at this show, uh, especially this was last week in Philly. She did three shows at the stadium in Philly where the Eagles play, selling out all three shows easily. But what happened outside the stadium is uh, so many people could not afford to get in that they say there might have been 25, maybe even 30,000 people outside the stadium listening to the show. That's how desperate these people want to be, are to see Taylor Swift. I mean, she's in some ways she's as big as the Beatles were back in their day. Um, and they think the same thought here. Uh, they're getting ready for the crowds in East Rutherford this weekend. They're telling uh, fans to get there awfully early to make sure they get their seat. But they're also ready for the same thing to happen there. Thousands of Taylor Swift fans to show up who do not have tickets, who will sit out in the stadium parking lot, among other Swifties, to listen to Taylor Swift. That's how big she is. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. And Justin Alec, you a, a Taylor Swift fan? <laughs> I knew Will you be in the parking lot? Stupid question. No, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. Okay. She's, you know. I didn't think it was a stupid question. Why uh, wouldn't you be uh, a Taylor She's Swift running fan? around Lincoln Financial Field like she owns the place, and she doesn't. Yeah, but she had like, she, not only she sold out the place, but there was like 20,000 people sitting outside the stadium. It's there. chaos. It is. Over somebody, she doesn't care about you. How do you know? She's, she, like these people are like sitting in the stands, like waving. Oh my God, Taylor Love! Like she doesn't know who you are. Okay. She'll, she'll never know who you are. Well, no artist does. I mean, well, well yeah. that's true too. But <laughs> except Jalen Hurts, when he's playing quarterback, he hears me yeah, in I'm the sure stands. Yeah, yeah. But Taylor Swift, no. All right, she doesn't know personally know you, and she doesn't care. So let's leave that where it is. Okay. But sure, why not? I guess a couple good songs. I don't know. My sisters like her a lot. 
There you go. All right, here's sports. We'll start in Toronto. <laughs> the Yankees took care of the Blue Jays for the second consecutive night, beating them 6-3 to in the second game of a four-game set. The game came complete with some uh, drama and flair. The drama coming with the foreign substance ejection of Yanks starter Domingo Herman in the fourth inning, and the flair coming later with the eventual game-winning home run off the bat of Aaron Judge. Herman's ejection is likely to trigger a 10-game suspension, putting the Yankees in a very tough spot for about the next two weeks. As long as they keep winning ball games, though, all will be well, they'll try to keep doing just that tonight when they go for the series win in Toronto. First pitch is set for 7.07 p.m. with Ace Garrett Cole getting the start against Toronto's Chris Bassett. Now for the Mets, who lost their opener in Queens with the Tampa Bay Rays by a score of 8-5. Justin Verlander was just not good on the mound, surrendering six earned runs on eight hits over five innings pitched. The bats showed up with Escobar, Alonzo, and Beatty all going deep, but it's hard to win in this league when you give up eight runs to the best team in baseball. And they'll try and not do that again tonight in Game 2 of the three-game set with Tampa. First pitch is scheduled for 7-10 p.m. with Kodai Senga going up against Tampa's Josh Fleming. On the hardwood, the Nuggets beat the Lakers 132-126 to in Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals to jump out to a 1-0 series lead. The Eastern Conference Finals, Game 1 between the Heat and Celtics is set for 8-30 p.m. tonight in Boston. And tonight on the ice, Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final between the Panthers and Hurricanes is scheduled for 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Here with Sports Gnome on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Allen. Let's catch you up on the biggest headlines of the morning. The NYPD looking for two boys who've been missing from Manhattan since Friday. Police searching the depths of the Harlem River using sonar in drones in this grim search for the two young boys. Um, it's Alpha Barry, who's 11 years old. He left school early on Friday, never came home. Neither did 13-year-old Garrett Warren. They were seen together. Police are deeply concerned about what happened to them. Any assistance, how, no matter how little it is, we need your help. And you can imagine the parents, brothers, sisters, desperately begging for help finding their kids. Here they were yesterday. So I'm just asking if you have him, it don't matter who it is, just send him home. Sorry, it's just too much. Honestly, I don't know what to think right now. This is my baby brother. This has never happened before. Bunch of theories about what might have happened to them. Volunteers passing out flyers near 143rd and Lenox around the corner from an NYPD surveillance camera that captured the boys walking together. This was about 6 p.m. Friday. A few hours later, someone called 911 to report two boys in the Harlem River. That led to the search there, to the massive search. The uh, boys were not reported missing until Sunday. Not really clear why, uh, but the search continues this morning. Two kids supposed to have went over in the water, and they're saying that that was Alfred Barry and my my baby Garrett Warren. We just need him to come home. No doubt, very tough for the mothers. They're holding out hope that somewhere the kids just raced off somewhere. They actually did not get into the river. And then last night, just ahead of the formal sentencing of Sefalo Sepav in the West Side Bike Path terror attack, survivors, victims returning to the scene where this heinous crime took place. Eight people were killed that day. More than a dozen injured, some of them really severely injured. They were wearing matching T-shirts. Uh, some of these families have become like a family, these victims coming together, including many who traveled in for the sentencing today from Argentina and Belgium. There were tourists who were here, happened to be hurt or killed during uh, this attack where he drove a truck down the Hudson River bike path. It was uh, Halloween uh, of 2017, uh, all of them gathering last night. Every day that I was in court, my heart was just 
breaking more and more just to hear what it was like for people to lose the ones that they loved. Last night, they were placing flowers along the Hudson bike path. I was trying to make a little bit more visible the invisible, things that people cannot imagine. Live imprisonment, um, but of very severe conditions, uh, was, was, a right, was a right thing. It's probably the most in correlation with, with what we went through. So Sepav could have gotten the death sentence. He did not. Uh, Sepav will be sentenced to life in prison for that attack. Again, killed eight people, injured many others. He said, or prosecutors say, was in the name of ISIS. 552, good news for bargain hunters. Shoppers once again browsing the aisles for designer discounts at Century 21. The flagship store that had been in lower Manhattan for years reopened Tuesday. Shelves fully stocked, 22 Cortlands. Street. I mean, this was a favorite of lots of people for years. It went under during the pandemic, but the family bought back the name from bankruptcy. And so the shoppers were back. Uh, Mayor Adams was on hand to cut the ribbon yesterday. I am so happy it's back. I love this store. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. The line of shoppers waiting to get in wrapped around the store yesterday. Uh, Eddie Jindy is a part of the family that owned the store for decades before it went under. And he's glad they have the name back in the store reopened. Anybody else would have just given up, but we don't give up. New York is a resilient city. We're a resilient family. Lots of good news here, not just that there's bargains for shoppers, but 350 workers uh, on the job. There are 150 of them are legacy employees who came back. Many of these jobs are union jobs. This is what happens every time you come in here. You see something that you didn't expect or didn't think that you want, and I found a bag. These actually retailed, if I remember correctly, for 14 and I got them for seven twenty nine. Did you miss it? Did I miss it? I was there to the very last days. And then when they announced they were reopening, I was counting the days down. Yeah, it is big because so many stores have closed because people do a lot of their shopping online, of course. City Comptroller's Office estimates more than 5,200 city businesses shut down because of the pandemic with the surge of Amazon and other online storefronts. The reopening of Century 21 is a rarity for department stores. I can't really think of another department store that has opened up recently. While we're talking about big department stores and chains, let's talk about Target and their lenient return policy that applies to over 45 of their private label brands, including their children's clothing line. It's called Cat and Jack. So Target has this policy. They began back in 2015 that lets customers who are not satisfied with any Target-owned brand item to make an exchange or get a refund for a full year. So what parents have done is they've gone to TikTok to describe as they've their kids have like essentially worn out these clothes. They've worn them for a year because, you know, kids are they go through clothes quick. They bring these clothes back. I mean, some of them tattered and everything, but Target has this policy. They take anything back. So I was wondering about this, how, you know, it seems like they would lose a lot of money doing this, especially now that TikTok is sort of celebrating the fact that you can return used clothing to Target. Hitha Herzog, she's the chief research analyst for a shopping group. She watches shopping trends and she's watching this one. That price takes into account the lenient return policy. So whether or not the returns come back gently worn or completely worn and and not wearable, the retailer will take into consideration with that 
through their pricing. So she says the pricing is built in for people to return the item. But if so many people are doing it, uh, you would think they'd start to lose money. Nordstrom's, by the way, famously has the no time limits for returns or exchange. Traders Joe's also has a, a customer friendly policy that if you try it and you don't like it, you can bring it back for a refund or exchange. But this clothes thing seems much bigger. So will it hurt? Target's bottom line, uh, we asked uh, Heatha Herzog. When you have a generous return policy, that means the customer will return. The more times a retailer can get that customer to come in, that has a significant impact on revenues going forward. All right, so she says no big deal for Target. And finally, a high school senior from Queens faced with a huge decision. She got into a slew of colleges and universities, including four Ivy League schools. 17-year-old Chloe Ritchie is a Mary Lewis Academy uh, graduate, discovered that her passion was for neuroscience during a summer high school internship where she wrote a research paper, which I guess caught the attention of all these schools. My group wrote it on BHLH. E41 and its effect on Alzheimer's and that just that whole process immediately connected me to neuroscience and I wanted to dive deeper. So she also plays the flute, the co-captain of the badminton team. Everybody accepted her. She had to make a final decision where she was going to go. I love just looking up each school's tradition and just going through and thinking of myself as if I'm there, which I will be soon, and just having fun. I love school spirit. It's one of my favorite things. I'm always usually the school mascot for my school. Can you imagine four Ivy Leagues? Okay, she finally decided on Princeton University. Well, she will head to in the fall.